Good morning, International Christian Fellowship, Rome, Italy, online, on campus. It's Pastor Jennifer here. It's summer and God is doing new things. It's a new season. And so today I want to say welcome. Welcome to the family. We love that so many have joined us online and now we're seeing them join us on campus. So I invite you today to lean into worship, to lean into the ministry of the word. For those of you that are traveling and you're working or you're on holiday, we don't go on holiday from Jesus. He's with us always. He's as close as the mention of his name. So as you enter into worship, I pray that you have a blessed Sunday. Thank you for joining us and know that the Lord has a great word for you today. I am the pastor of the International Church in Madrid, Spain. So I have come this weekend to be with you because I'm a friend of Pastor Jennifer and so she asked if I would come and bless a sister church. We all form part of the international churches in Europe. So on behalf of the people in Madrid, I greet you in the name of Jesus. Um, if you speak Spanish, buenos dias. <laughs> I'm really glad that you are here, and I'm happy to talk with you afterwards. Um, and also, I did bring a few of my prayer cards. I'm a missionary, so I have some of these. I don't have hundreds, but I did bring some afterwards if anybody does want to have one to, to pray for me and the work in Madrid. I'm more than happy to have more prayer. <laughs> Um, so yes, I am from the, the International Church. Um, I have been in Spain for nine years. Before that, I was elsewhere. I've been a missionary for almost 30. Um, and it was actually in some of our missionary training about 10 or 12 years ago that I met Pastor Rick and Jennifer. And here's a fun story. <laughs> Pastor Rick tried to get me to come and be on staff at this church in maybe 2015 or 2016. I mean, he really tried hard to get me to leave Spain and come here. But I knew it wasn't the will, the will of the Lord. But every time I think about this church, I think, wow, I could have been there ministering at that church and eating gelato every day. But the Lord knew that would not be good for me. <laughs> so he kept me in Spain. Um, this week, uh, I've been praying about this message. And obviously, you are in a series that is this entire year, uh, the living proof. And so Pastor Jennifer had spoke to me about this in March. We started planning this months ago, and she told me that you would be uh, in a, uh, sorry, I'm going fast, right? Let me slow down. <laughs> in Madrid, I have a translator who stands next to me. And so when I talk, they talk, I talk, they talk. And that helps me to go slow because I know they're right there. So here I have to remember, she's, she's back there. Pastor Jennifer told me that you would be in a series on peace. And so she asked me to prepare specifically this message about peace. And I thought, wow, how powerful. Because I think half of the internet, it seems like, are websites on how to find peace. Or Instagram profiles on how to achieve peace. How to have peace in your heart, peace in your mind, peace with your family, peace with your past. You name something and somebody out there is trying to sell you a way to find peace with it. And yet, all of those things are just imitations 
and substitutions for what God gives us. You will not achieve that peace on your own. I don't care how many trips to the beach you take. I don't care how many bubble baths you pour. You will not find peace on your own or in anything that the world offers you. This is what the Bible tells us in Isaiah 26, 12. Lord, you establish peace for us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us. That first part there, you can memorize that. You establish peace for us. In every area of your life, he will establish peace. And apart from that, you won't get it. People have sought peace since the beginning of time. They have fought wars for it. They have protested for it. They have negotiated for peace. But they think if they can create a world where there's no trouble or a world where there's no conflict, then somehow they'll be able to have peace. But Jesus tells us, for those who belong to him, in this world you will experience trouble. That was a trick question. Trouble. That's what Jesus said. In this world you will have trouble. You can try really hard to bargain, negotiate, fight, protest. In this world, what is sure and certain is you will have trouble. You are never going to reach a place where you don't have it. You will never reach a place where you don't have difficulty. You will never reach a place in your family where you don't have some kind of trouble sometimes. In your job, no matter what country you live in, some of you came to, to Italy thinking it would be better. And guess what? In Italy, you will have... <laughs> if you come to Madrid, praise Jesus. We'd love to see you. But in Madrid, you will have... Yeah, that's, that's what this world offers you. And that's why we need the peace that comes from God. So in this life, what you choose is how you respond. Now, you've probably seen that on a motto, on a, on a painting, you know. You can't choose your circumstances, but you can choose how you respond. Do you know the person who wrote that was a medical doctor? He was a psychologist who went through the concentration camps in Nazi Germany. He was Jewish, and he was already a psychologist before he got rounded up into the concentration camps. And this was, you know, he was in the 1930s already working on his psychoanalysis. But then in those camps, because he was a doctor, his role was to help care for those who were sick. And because of that, he wrote a book on the meaning of life, and he said that he witnessed this truth. There were people who were physically strong, and when he looked at them, he thought, that person will survive these camps. And then there were people who were physically weak. They were old, they were already skinny, and, and he thought, ah, this person will never make it. And then he began to notice that the strong 
did not always survive. And the weak often clung to life no matter what. So then he said, because he was a psychologist, what is the secret to this? And he discovered that the secret was their will and their choice, I will survive no matter what. And that was the secret. When everything else was gone, their family, their friends, their food, their dignity, their health, the one thing that their captors could not take away was their decision to keep going. And so he is the one who wrote, you don't choose the circumstances, but you choose how you respond. That's important when it comes to peace because the Bible tells us we have to pursue peace. You have to decide intentionally to go after peace and cling to it. That has to be your decision to seek for the peace of God. This is what Psalm 34 says. Seek peace and pursue it. So my first question for you this morning is, what kind of peace are you pursuing? What kind of peace are you actually chasing after? I'm going to read you a little survey right now. Now, I don't know about here in Italy, but in Spain, literally everything I do, I get an email afterward that says, please evaluate your experience. How was your pizza delivery? How was your Amazon purchase? How was your experience on that flight yesterday? Every day I get emails where they ask me to evaluate something. So let's evaluate ourselves this morning, okay? Now you imagine if you're taking a little evaluation, there are categories that say sometimes, always, never, right? You've taken these things? All right, let me ask you. In your inner self, are you at peace? Always? You don't have to say it out loud because these are going to get bad, okay? <laughs> Think to yourself, sometimes, always, never, okay? Or are you filled with a lot of memories and old bitterness, unfinished plans, disappointments? Are you at peace in your thinking? Always, sometimes, never. What about your feelings? Do you feel peaceful? Do you have serenity that nothing can take away? Do you feel loved and forgiven and accepted because you are a miracle of God? Always, sometimes, never. Are you free of anger, fear, self-doubt? What about your future? Are you at peace with everything being in God's hands, knowing and doing his will? Are you clear about what God wants for your life? Are you surrendered in complete trust? Always, sometimes, never. What about your relationships? Do you allow other people to take your peace? Do some of your relationships right now remind you of some relationships you thought you got rid of? Do some people just drive you crazy? Are you at peace in your relationships? Always, sometimes, never. What about your circumstances? Do you have 
calmness when trouble comes or illness or, or if the bank account is a little low this month? Do you have peace in those times? And then, this one's a tough one, do you have peace in your body? Do you sleep at night, completely resting because God's in control? Do you have a nervous stomach or tension? Do you have exhaustion all the time? Are you at peace in your body? So I have to admit that my answers are not always, 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 always. I wish. I wish that they were. I want them to be. And that's why it reminds me what kind of peace am I pursuing? Because if I want all of my answers to be yes, always, constantly, and I need to be pursuing the peace that God offers in those areas. That is a whole being. Our mind, our emotions, our physical body, our faith, all of that. But it also, I notice here, it does begin in the mind. Now, we hear a lot these days about mindfulness. And maybe you've heard like meditation, people who say, I just want to be present with what's happening in my life. You know, these are, these are things people say today. You've probably heard people say this. And it kind of comes from ideas of, of Buddhism and yoga, this idea that you can calm yourself and breathe in and out and meditate and find your peace. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. Because the peace that will get us through the hard times of life does not come from breathing. It does not come from you being mindful, okay? The peace that God gives is not like a, a nicotine patch that you just stick on and like hope that it gets into you. No, what I'm talking about is God-centered, biblical-mindedness, supernatural peace. That's the kind of peace we want to pursue. And the Bible tells us in both the Old and the New Testament that Jesus and, the, and God are the only true source. So when I say what kind of peace are we pursuing, what I want is a consistent peace that is different from what the world offers. God's peace is permanent. It's not temporary. We cannot produce it. It is only a gift. You can receive that gift. So Jesus said in John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. That's a gift. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. So what kind of peace then are we supposed to be pursuing? Well, the peace where my heart isn't troubled, the peace where I'm not afraid, the peace that comes only from God, and it's not the world's peace. Let me explain to you. The world's peace is based on circumstances. That's why we all take a trip to the beach. We all want to take a day off because we think, oh, that will bring me peace. That's a circumstance. Now, I'll give you an illustration. In Madrid, I live downtown, one block away from the central train station. Okay, so you imagine if you lived one block away from Roma Termini, okay? And you, you think how much peace you'd have. <laughs> 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 
that's where I live, one block away. So, and, and Span, Spaniards are a lot like Italy, I imagine. They're very loud people. So there's a lot of noise generally. But in the morning, early in the morning, it's quiet. Also, Madrid is extremely hot <laughs> right now especially. So that's the only time of the day that it's cool. So I like to get up early and I like to go out and sit on my balcony and drink my coffee in the morning and have peace. It's nice and cool. The sun is just coming up. The birds are singing. It's very quiet on the streets down there. And it feels very peaceful. And I think to myself, oh, this is so wonderful. But that's not true peace because it's entirely based on whether it's quiet, whether it's not hot. If my neighbors start fighting in their apartment, there went that time, you know? If the dog is barking on the street and it won't stop, or then the taxis all start honking their horns because something's going on, then, you know, I missed out on my quiet cup of coffee because that's not real peace. It's only based on a set of circumstances that I don't even control. So I have to know the difference between that, what we call peace, and what God is truly offering. If my peace depends on the conditions, then that's the world's peace. It's not God's. The peace that God offers extends in spite of the circumstances, no matter what the neighbors are fighting about. How do I know if I have it? So that's my second question for you. How do you know when you've achieved this peace, when you've received the gift? How, how, how do you know uh, that would be the proof? What, what is the proof then of this peace? Now, Philippians tells us in Paul's writing, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So Paul says this peace actually goes beyond our human understanding. It doesn't even make sense to the world. Isaiah tells us that that kind of peace is what God promises to his people. You probably know this verse. Isaiah says, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Now, I've read that verse. In fact, I've memorized that verse in a couple of different languages because I like to try to, yes, okay, whew, God help me. I need, I need peace in my mind. I need peace. And we kind of get hung up on the word perfect. What is perfect peace? And so we, we, we're looking for, you know, I know what regular peace is, but how do I get the perfect peace? That's what I need, Lord. That's what I need right now today. I need the perfect peace. And so we get stuck on this word perfect. Do you know that the word perfect is not even in the original language? Because they didn't have a way to say it when Isaiah wrote this in Hebrew. It actually just says the word peace two times. Shalom, shalom. You've probably heard people say that before. Shalom, shalom. That it's, a, it's like a double piece, which is kind of the way that they would make things like superlative. 
Now in English, we say something is good, and then we compare it. This is better. And then we have the superlative where we're like, but that one's the best, okay? I imagine Italian is the same because Spanish is bueno, mejor, y lo mejor. Like you have a, a grading system. Now in, in Hebrew at the time, they didn't have that. And actually still in modern Arabic, which is a pretty close language still to the biblical language, they don't have it. You can say something is very, you can say something is so, but it's hard for them to explain something in, in like a really magnified term. When I lived in the Middle East, which is where I started in missions, when you would tell somebody how to get to your house, you would say, straight, straight. You know, you need to go straight, straight. Why did they repeat it twice? Because it meant you need to go straight a long time. <laughs> and so that was the way that they kind of made sure you knew, straight, straight. And there are still things in the Bible when Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you. It's repeated because he's saying there is nothing truer than this. The only thing that's repeated in the scripture three times is holy, holy, holy. That's basically saying we don't have enough words to tell you how holy he is. So in this, in the original, it says he will give you peace, peace. He will give you peace that is deeper and more complicated and harder to explain in this one poor language and all the rest that we all speak to define the peace that God gives. He will give you perfect peace. And if we get caught up on just the word perfect, we lose some of the other key words in this verse. He will give perfect peace to those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Those are all words that should be circled in your mind, if not in your Bible. He will give that perfect peace to those whose minds, because it begins there in the transformed mind, are committed and solid in him, and that breeds our trust. When we know that we know the word of God, then we will trust and that will keep all of our peace firm and stable. In, in our church this summer uh, in Madrid, we are doing a series on the minor prophets. Um, nobody ever reads the minor prophets. <laughs> and so we've been learning a lot this summer because we said, no, we're gonna talk about the minor prophets. And they have a lot to teach us. One of my favorites all summer has been Habakkuk. It's only three chapters. Later today when you go home, read it. This guy is so frustrated with God because he feels like God's not answering his prayers, that God's not paying attention to what's happening. And so the whole book of Habakkuk is him frustrated with God. You talk about a man of peace, he's not it. He did not have it. So he starts out like yelling kind of at God, you know, God, you are all powerful. I know you are, but you're not using your power here. God, you have a plan. I know you do, but you're not doing it in my life. Anybody else ever prayed that? I think that's why I love Habakkuk. Because I'm like, wow, this guy, it's like he knows what I'm going through. 
And he goes through this in only three chapters, and that's what makes it so powerful. His name, Habakkuk, literally means wrestler. He's wrestling with God and with the truth of God. And then he gets to the end of that book, and he makes this, this statement that's so powerful and full of peace that it still inspires us. Because he says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen or cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. You know you have peace when you're able to say things like this and look straight at your problems and still say, even if God doesn't do anything else, I will still praise him. Even if everything in my life fails, and he listed out seven or eight things, it seemed pretty rough, even if, I will still rejoice. That's a decision to pursue God's peace. That's a decision to pursue in his mind. I'm going to let this go, my argument and my frustration, and I'm going to put my focus back on the Lord. My trust is in him. That leads us to this secret, a mind which is focused on God and not your problems will be able to have that perfect peace because it will produce a heart filled with trust. Feelings often dominate our lives. I feel rotten today. I feel frustrated. I feel like this man doesn't love me anymore. I feel like my children are going to... Our feelings can dominate us, but we have to put the mind back in control and say, I may feel very frustrated right now, but I know who God is. I know because I trust in him that he is faithful. That comes from his word, having it memorized, being able to stand on it. My feelings will not dominate my life The word of God and truth will dominate. So when my mind comes back to, no, 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 God is in control, then that helps my heart say, like Habakkuk, even if all of this doesn't work out the way I want to, I will still have faith. I will still rejoice. And that applies to your school. Some of you getting ready for the next semester or your kids are getting ready and there's a lot of anxiety and nervousness and all of that, well, put your mind on Christ and you'll have peace on that first day. You'll have peace whatever that professor is like. Put your mind on Christ to have peace while you're waiting for your documents and your legal paperwork to come through. In Madrid, our bureaucracy is a nightmare Half of my church is waiting for their residency or their documents or their passports because it's just, that's Spain. I imagine Italy is a lot the same. And so we say, I feel so frustrated with this. I'm so tired of this. I'm so mad. (sighs) That's my feelings. And then I say, but my mind 
is focused on the Lord. He has an answer. He has a way. He has the timing. So even if, you can write that verse on, on your, for yourself, even if I don't get my residency on the date that I expect it, even if I don't have this apartment or I don't have this job that I want, even if I still haven't had an answer from this company or that, even if I will rejoice in God my Savior. God wants us to know that peace. How do I get it? How do I get it? That's what you're asking right now. Okay, great. Thank you, Pastor Ariel. Woo, but how do I get it? Because I feel like I had it and now it, it is gone. It, it evaporated while I was, you know, laying awake at night worrying. The Lord wants you to have this peace so much that he sent the prince of peace to give it to you. That's where it comes from. His son in flesh brought peace, first of all, with God. We were apart from God. You know this. Adam and Eve were created perfect. God had a garden. I mean, there's nothing more peaceful than the Garden of Eden. And yet, because of their sin, they lost that peace. They didn't have peace with each other. They didn't have peace with their children. One of them killed the other. They didn't have peace with God because they were now separated from him. So God created a system to bring peace back by sending his own son in the flesh to do that for us. And when we put our faith in Christ, that's how we get forgiveness. Right there, that brings us peace with God. That gives us a new nature. The Bible says we are now a new creation. That helps us have peace with everybody else. Because now I don't respond like old Ariel. She was a jerk. Now I respond like the new creation that has the nature of Christ in me. And I begin to have peace with myself, peace with others, peace with circumstances. And all of that comes because of Christ. And it is not a passive peace. It's a peace that you can feel it powers you. The message of the entire New Testament is Christ, through the Holy Spirit, becomes our actual peace. Remember that? When he said to his followers, peace I give you. Peace I leave with you. We remember who he is. Colossians tells us, in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, to reconcile all things, whether on heaven or on earth or in Italy, making peace by the blood of the cross. He reconciles all the things that you need. He reconciled you to God the Father. Because of your sin, you didn't have peace, but he reconciled that. And he can reconcile your paperwork, your family situation, your frustrations. Where He can reconcile all things, making peace by the blood of the cross. It is at the foot of the cross that we will receive that peace. Peace is the result of a forgiven heart and a forgiving heart. When we are centered on Christ... And, and we confess him, then we are able to claim the peace that he's already given us. And Paul tells us that peace, I read this verse earlier, Paul tells us that peace will guard your heart 
and mind through Christ Jesus. That means it's, it's a protector. It's a barrier, a shield. The peace of Christ can help protect you from everything else. Christ rules our mind and he protects us. He can rule and keep that peace. Remember the beginning? If we choose. Would you stand with me this morning? The worship team can come. In the book of Colossians, there's one little verse that I actually made a screensaver on my devices in January of 2020 before I even knew about the pandemic. But it helped me a lot through the pandemic and it remains as a screensaver and it says this, let the peace of Christ rule. Let the peace of Christ rule. In Italian, probably as it is in Spanish, it's actually in the subjunctive. It is his desire that you do it, but there's an uncertainty as to whether or not you will. In English, it's in the imperative. You do this. You let the peace of God rule. This morning, I want to open up the altars for a few minutes here. God gave us, he gives us peace, and he is the perfect peace. He's willing to guard our hearts and minds if we let the peace of God rule. We're going to take a time of worship right now, but I encourage you to come forward and, and seek the Lord. If you identify this morning with this struggle, I need peace in some of the things in my life. I'm, I'm not living in peace. This is where you can find that. Well, isn't the Word of God amazing? It's life-giving. It's faith-breathing. It's transpiring your destiny for this week. I want you to know that every time I make a video for you, I invite you to join me to agree together for what God wants to do in your life. So the first thing I wanna do is say, you know what, maybe there's been some things in your life this week, maybe something in the message you listened to makes you realize, God, I need to give you a new commitment. Jesus, I need to trust you in a brand new way. Maybe he needs to redeem some things in your circumstance. I wanna invite you right now to pray with me and to send me an email that you have prayed this prayer because I want you to know you're not gonna do this faith journey alone and he is going to help you do it in a brand new way so agree with me and pray with me after i pray you pray okay dear lord jesus you say it dear lord jesus i invite you i invite you right now to take full authority in my life forgive me for anything that has taken me off course forgive me and help me to trust you in every way. Lord, from this day forward, for the rest of my days, I will keep holding your hand, holding on to your word, and trusting you with every detail of my life. Today, Jesus, you say it, today, Jesus, I belong to you, and I receive your love and your healing in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You prayed that prayer with me. I want you to send us an email. I've got people that have been online that have walked into the church campus and said, that was me, and now I'm here and I need community of faith. 
So I also want to pray this prayer with you because I believe that your miracle is in motion. And I believe that in this summer, God is wanting to do something new in each of us. And our miracles are in motion. Our lives are in motion. We're in new seasons, but he hasn't walked away. He's walking right beside us. And so I want to pray with you for whatever you have need of. And I want you to know that when you write us, we are praying for you. You are not doing this life or this journey or this process alone. So Father, right now, I pray for your son and your daughter that are watching online on campus. I pray for the ones who are traveling. I pray for the ones who are moving to Rome and looking for that place to belong. I pray for the ones who are watching online and saying today, God, I needed a word from you. Let this be the word right now, Lord Jesus, that you're with your daughter, that you're with her family. God, let this be the word for your son, that you have a calling on his life, that you're with him, that you're walking with him, that anointing and favor is upon him. And Lord, for that miracle in motion, whether it be physical or financial or relational, let your child of faith say, Lord, I will keep trusting you. So Father, I thank you for the miracle in motion. I thank you for the supernatural intervention in everything your child needs. And I pray that in this moment, faith would feel alive and fresh and we have a new outlook for the week ahead. I love you and I bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. So now I want to say, don't forget to write. Don't forget to join us online. Thank you for what you're doing to be a part of our global worldwide family. God is doing miracles and you're a part of it. I love you.